Welcome to Booking Like a Mark. We rewrite past storylines, create new matches and PLEs, and make our own gimmicks and characters. It's not just fantasy booking. This is Booking Like a Mark. Welcome to this week's episode of Booking Like a Mark. I'm your host, Mark, and this week we're going to be booking the NWO in 2002. I started watching wrestling during the Attitude Era, but that was only WWF because SmackDown debuted in 1999 on broadcast television. Eric and I, we did not grow up with cable, so we didn't have access to Nitro or Raw or any of those programs. So when SmackDown came on, that was really our entryway into wrestling. I had seen classmates with NWO shirts, of course, because wrestling was huge in the mid to late 90s. So I had seen the shirts, but I didn't really know what that logo meant. I didn't know what the New World Order was. I had a neighbor down the street, and I'd go over to his house all the time, and we'd play the Nintendo 64, and he did have a couple of WCW NWO games, but we always ended up just playing WrestleMania 2000, so even the video game exposure for me was pretty limited. My first exposure to the NWO really came in 2002. Vince cut that promo that he was going to kill the WWF with a lethal dose of poison, and he turned the chair around, and it was the NWO logo. Then when the NWO actually debuted, It just kind of came off as just another generic heel stable. They were doing run-ins to matches. They were attacking faces. They were doing exactly what other heels at the time were doing, like Chris Jericho, like Kurt Angle, like The Undertaker. Watching that version of the NWO, I didn't really think they were that special. It was years later when I really, really got into wrestling and I had access to the internet and the WWE Network that I've really gone back and kind of watched those earlier clips of the formation of the New World Order, and I've really understood and appreciated the history more and the impact that they had in wrestling. What I want to do, because the 2002 NWO was my exposure, is I want to go and I want to rebook that. And I want to kind of take elements that I had seen in the history of the New World Order, and I want to bring that into the WWF. I want to make it a more successful stable. And I don't want them just to feel like generic heels. I want there to be a little something slightly different about this group as opposed to some of the other groups at the time. So just in case you aren't as familiar with the New World Order, or if you just need a refresher, here's our good friend Winston going back to the history books to give you the history of the New World Order from 1996 to the year 2000. On May 27, 1996, Scott Hall made his first appearance in World Championship Wrestling, displaying characteristics of his World Wrestling Federation gimmick of Razor Ramon. On June 10th, 1996, Kevin Nash joined Hall, and they'd later be called The Outsiders. The whole angle was centered on Hall and Nash invading from a rival company, insinuated to be the World Wrestling Federation. At Bash at the Beach 1996, Hulk Hogan joined The Outsiders to form the New World Order. Hollywood Hogan would go on to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship on August 10th, 1996, at Wild, and the group spray-painted NWO on the championship belt. Ted DiBiase and The Giant later joined the group. At the 1996 Fall Brawl, the New World Order defeated Team WCW in a War Games match. This match featured the NWO's version of Sting. 
They had brought him in to create unrest in WCW. It was rather successful, as Lex Luger no longer trusted the Stinger. And in the match, the real Sting came out as the final man of Team WCW and attacked the New World Order and their version of Sting. He did this in front of Luger, asking if that was enough to prove his innocence. But then Sting left, and Team WCW ended up losing the War Games match. And eventually, Eric Bischoff was revealed to be the leader of the New World Order. Well, at least we did get a lot of the basics of the history before Winston. Unfortunately, I think he got taken out by the New World Order. We do have a little bit of title history that I'll give you really quickly before we actually book the storyline. This does include the NWO Wolfpack and the NWO 2000. The NWO held the Cruiserweight Championship on one occasion, the WCW United States Championship six times, the WCW Television Championship twice, the WCW Tag Team Championship 11 times, and the WCW World Heavyweight Championship 8 times. Of those 8, Hollywood Hogan won it 4 times, Kevin Nash won it twice, and Randy Savage and Bret Hart each also won the WCW World Heavyweight Championship as members of the New World Order. Now, in that title history, I did mention two offshoots of the New World Order. So that was the NWO Wolfpack, also known as the Red and Black, and the NWO 2000, which was the Silver and Black. Now, I don't want to take up too much time with any more of that background, because I do want to get into our rebooking of 2002. If you would like more information on some of the background, I do recommend that you go to YouTube and check out some clips, or if you check out NWO The Revolution on Peacock, or if you're old school and you want to track down the DVD set. A lot of great background information and a lot of the highlights and the moments of the New World Order. So you can kind of see what they did in WCW before this rebooked version that we're going to do of their time in the World Wrestling Federation. So let's look at the NWO and the WWF. They were almost doomed to fail as soon as they started. If you already have a bunch of WWF-style heels, why are you just going to introduce more WWF-style heels? You look at the original NWO, and with the invasion, it added a new sense of realism and unpredictability to the WCW product. And that would have been good at the time for the WWF, especially on the road to WrestleMania X8. I did listen to the Something to Wrestle podcast with Bruce Pritchard, and he did talk in depth about the New World Order coming in in 2002. And he said that Vince McMahon straight up refused to take on the Eric Bischoff role. So that's why if you go and you watch the NWO's time period in 2002, Vince McMahon, the character, brought them in, but then there was very limited interactions. McMahon opened the door for them, but he wasn't leading them. On the same episode, Pritchard said that the plan was to eventually do Hollywood Hogan versus Stone Cold, possibly at SummerSlam of 2002, or at the following WrestleMania. They really wanted to give that story a long time to build. In real life, he fought Scott Hall at WrestleMania. Theoretically, if that was the plan, you could have had him challenge other members over the next couple of months to eventually get to Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam. As we know in real life, Stone Cold ended up leaving the WWF in 2002. As they say, he took his ball and he went home. And Hollywood Hogan ended up leaving after losing to Brock Lesnar. So we never did get Hollywood Hogan versus Stone Cold. Now, I don't know if he's back on his feet, 
but maybe Winston can give us a brief timeline of the NWO in the World Wrestling Federation in 2002. Winston? Uh, Winston, how you doing there, buddy? Okay, so I guess I'll just give you that quick little bit of background as I rebook the storyline. So what will happen is I'll kind of give an allusion to what really happened, and then I'll tell you how we booked it. So we'll kind of do the history as we do the new version. We're going to start 2002 at the Royal Rumble. Chris Jericho defeats The Rock to retain the Undisputed Championship. Ric Flair beats Vince McMahon in the street fight. And Triple H wins the 2002 Royal Rumble match. Everything about that is going to stay the same. The changes are going to start after that. Vince McMahon kind of went off the deep end. He warned Ric Flair that he was going to have to do something if Flair didn't sign over his ownership. And after Flair still said no, that's when Vince McMahon on SmackDown talked about bringing in a lethal dose of poison. He said if Ric Flair was going to destroy the WWF, that Vince was going to destroy it first. In our version, we're going to do something slightly similar in that Vince is going to threaten Flair and he's going to say that he may end up doing something he regrets. We're going to keep having these veiled threats, but we're never actually going to have Vince McMahon say anything about the New World Order. We're not going to announce them for No Way Out. You're not going to even know that they've re-signed. No Way Out, therefore, will not open with an NWO promo. Instead, that time is going to be added to the end of the show for the closing segment. In place of the two backstage segments that the NWO did have, one with The Rock, where The Rock just kind of buried them all and referenced their previous gimmicks, and the other one, where the NWO gave Stone Cold a six-pack, which he refused, we're going to have two different segments. The first one is going to be after The Rock's match. A couple segments later, they're going to find him knocked out unconscious backstage. And the thing next to him is going to be a black baseball bat. Later on in the show, we're going to see, before the main event, Stone Cold's truck in the backstage area after it's been vandalized. You're going to see that the tires have been slashed and the windshield has been broken. If you want to even, you could actually just show backstage three people vandalizing the truck, slashing the tires, and bashing in the windshield. During the main event, the three men, all dressed in black so we do not know who they are, attack Stone Cold and cost him the WWF Undisputed Championship. After the match, the men destroy the ringside area. They attack the referee, and they give a powerbomb to Stone Cold. Now, what's nice is, a powerbomb is a fairly generic maneuver, so even that, at this point, does not actually give away that it's the NWO, so we could still have the big reveal. If we went with the Razor's Edge, Scott Hall's move, that's more identifiable, or, obviously, the leg drop is synonymous with Hogan. The powerbomb, at least kind of for the time being, disguises who these men are. They grab spray paint, and they re-enter the ring, and on Stone Cold's back, they spray paint N-W-O. At this point, the music hits, and the three men remove their masks to reveal the original members of the New World Order, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hollywood Hulk Hogan. So the next night on Raw, Stone Cold comes out. It's going to be pretty much the same way that it happened in real life. 
He's going to be pissed off. He's going to call out the New World Order, but instead he's going to get Kurt Angle. Eventually, Stone Cold is going to be arrested and taken out of the arena. And that's when the New World Order appears, and they taunt him in the police car. After the police leave, Nash and Hall are going to leave to go to the police station to press charges. And that leaves Hogan on his own. When Hogan comes out, he's going to cut his promo, but he is going to call out The Rock because he wants to challenge The Rock for WrestleMania. The Rock comes out, and they agree to their match. As in real life, Nash and Hall are then going to jump The Rock, but instead of a hammer, Hogan is going to use the black baseball bat. We want to constantly reinforce that that is the signature weapon of the New World Order. Now, during this time period, they did have certain weapons that were synonymous with people, right? We had Edge and Christian synonymous with the chairs, the Dudley boys with the tables, the Hardy boys with the ladders, Triple H with the sledgehammer. Having a signature weapon was much more prevalent in that time period than it is now. So it makes sense. Nash is going to powerbomb The Rock through a table, and the NW is going to leave after they brand The Rock. So again, they'll spray paint him, N-W-O, and then they're going to leave. Backstage, Ric Flair is going to come up to them with a large group of security guards. He's going to say that they cannot keep interfering in things. He doesn't know how they got in, but he's going to make sure that they leave. The NWO, though, they're going to beat the hell out of the security guards, and then they're going to have a three-on-one advantage and beat up Ric Flair. They're then going to throw Ric Flair in the back of their limousine and drive it out into the parking lot. Scott Hall is going to be the one to get in the tractor trailer, and he's going to bash it into the limo, taking Ric Flair out. Let me explain my logic for why we're doing things in the way that we're doing for our version. The original show left things pretty vague. Hall and Nash, quote-unquote, left the show, but we don't know why. They just decided that they were done for the night because Stone Cold was taken out, and so they were leaving. Then, Hogan came out, but The Rock interrupted him. Well, how could the NWO have known that The Rock was going to show up, but in our version, by having Hulk Hogan call out The Rock, he is setting the trap. So it'll still keep him off TV for a while, even though he's not the one in the big car crash afterwards. Now, why are we putting Ric Flair in that role? Well, the NWO wants to destroy the WWF, and it's great to go after the big stars, but it actually makes more sense to go after Ric Flair and Vince McMahon as the heads of the World Wrestling Federation, as the co-owners. So we're going to have them take out Ric Flair. Like I said earlier, in real life, the NWO was just kind of a stable feuding with random guys, but this is going to really establish that they're serious and they're going after the company represented by Flair. I know what you're thinking, possibly. How is this going to lead to Ric Flair versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania? No way out. Ric Flair costs The Undertaker his match, and when The Undertaker is pissed off, he goes to Vince McMahon, who, because Flair is going to be taken out, Vince McMahon is going to have complete authority. Undertaker asks Vince to make the match, and Vince does so. And you could still have Undertaker targeting Ric Flair's family and friends, and still pretty much play out that storyline in a very similar manner. On the next SmackDown, Vince McMahon announces that he will not let the NWO come after him. Now remember, we're technically at the point where Vince McMahon did not ever say he was bringing in the NWO. So we can have a little bit of mystery as to whether the NWO is even associated with him. They could be mercenaries who just kind of came in and are doing their own thing. So we're going to have Vince say that he knows the arena security is useless against the New World Order. 
so he hired his own personal security, the APA. He says with a smile on his face that he will be the only decision maker around WWF until Flair returns. So again, we're not sure. Vince does benefit from Flair being taken out, but is Vince also going to be a target? We have a little bit of depth to the storyline. Later on, the NWO is going to appear doing one of their classic advertisements. You know the ones. The following advertisement has been paid for by the New World Order. While they're filming this, the lights are going to go out. We're going to hear some fighting. When the lights come back on, Scott Hall is still going to be there. Hulk Hogan is still going to be there. But Kevin Nash is going to be gone. This is then going to lead into the Stone Cold storyline of him having one of the members of the New World Order kidnapped, tied to a chair, and use him as bait to get the other two members out of commission. We're going to do the same kind of thing that he did with Scott Hall, but with Kevin Nash. Because Kevin Nash is going to be Stone Cold's opponent for WrestleMania. There's two main reasons for that, and we'll get to them later. But the main thing here is Kevin Nash has been kidnapped, Stone Cold uses him as bait, and Stone Cold attacks Kevin Nash to close the show. One of the nice things about it is that this is going to eliminate the quote-unquote apology promo from the New World Order, which I realize it was sarcastic and it wasn't meant to be taken seriously, but it was really stupid and it didn't seem like something that badass heels like the New World Order would do. Again, it seemed like just generic WWF heels. I could picture Chris Jericho issuing a public apology because he has to, or Kurt Angle, but the New World Order shouldn't be doing that. So instead, we're going to have that segment where they're going to do their advertisement. This also allows Austin to get the jump on them and take one of those members out. Instead of how it really went, where Stone Cold came out after they made the apology, and then the NWO ran away. That made the NWO look very weak. It's one thing to make Austin look strong, but you don't have to do that by making the NWO look weak. You could just have him get the jump on them and kind of protect their momentum. We don't have to bury them. Even though Flair has been written off television, as I said, we're still going to have that night Ric Flair and The Undertaker. That match will be announced by Vince, and we could still proceed with the storyline as that one went. For the next show, Monday Night Raw on February 25th, we're pretty much not going to touch it. It's going to be exactly how it was in real life with the NWO taking out Stone Cold's knee. The only difference is it's going to be Kevin Nash instead of Scott Hall. On the following SmackDown, February 28th, we're still going to have Hollywood Hogan have his video package and cut a promo. But the show is not going to feature Stone Cold with any kind of net gun. He's not going to try to shoot something. We're not going to do Pillman's got a gun kind of thing. Stone Cold is not going to be on the show to sell the knee injury. The following Raw sees some significant changes. Although the NWO is still going to open the show by attacking Stone Cold, Nash will lead the attack and they're going to use that black baseball bat instead of a wrench. Again, signature weapon. Backstage, Vince McMahon, with the APA, is going to approach the NWO. And he's going to tell them that he's putting Scott Hall in a match with Kane. Hall is going to win clean in a match that actually sees Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan on commentary. They're going to scare away Jim Ross and King, and the NWO is going to sit on commentary. I want Scott Hall to get a clean win in this match, because in real life, he just had this squash match with Spike Dudley. And again, we're trying to make the NWO look strong. 
Having him in a squash match does nothing to help the New World Order. Having him beat Kane, a large guy and a former world champion, former Intercontinental Champion, former Tag Team Champion, that actually gives the NWO credibility with a big win. Again, we're bringing back the Black Bat, signature weapon. Vince backstage is going to be antagonistic towards the NWO, continuing the mystery of whether there's an affiliation. And by having the APA there, standing up to the New World Order, we're teasing a potential future rivalry. So, we do a couple of unique things there, kind of continuing the storyline and reinforcing things while setting up the future. SmackDown on March 7th is going to play out pretty much the same way it did in real life, except Austin and Rock are going to leave the ring after Stone Cold makes the save. In real life, it was The Rock versus Scott Hall, and the NWO attacked The Rock afterwards, and Stone Cold came out, and the faces stood tall in the ring while the NWO escaped up the ramp. In our version, Rock and Stone Cold are going to clean house, but then they're going to go up the ramp while the NWO regroups in the ring. While Stone Cold and The Rock are at the top of the ramp, Ric Flair's music is going to hit, and he's going to make his triumphant return. He is going to book the New World Order competing in their first match together in the WWF against Stone Cold and The Rock. And Ric Flair, because it's going to be a six-man tag match. Because Ric Flair is pissed too. And again, we want the NWO to look strong. We don't need them to be in any kind of handicap match. We want the odds to be fair, so when the NWO gets a win, they look stronger. And that's exactly what's going to happen. On that match on Raw, the NWO is still going to win and they're going to look strong. Hulk Hogan is going to pin The Rock after the leg drop. The go-home show for WrestleMania X8, the SmackDown, is going to play out like it did in real life. Rock and Hogan will have their face off, and Stone Cold is going to avoid the NWO's trap, and he is going to attack Kevin Nash and make his escape. Before we get to WrestleMania, we should explain why it's going to be Kevin Nash versus Stone Cold. Two main reasons. Number one, it's a bigger match. If you look, Scott Hall, God rest his soul, fantastic wrestler, but they never made him a world champion. Kevin Nash, coming into this, was a five-time world champion, including a 358-day reign as the World Wrestling Federation champion. So pairing a five-time world champion against Stone Cold, a six-time world champion, is a bigger match on the marquee. The second reason. Stone Cold and Kevin Nash actually have a very deep history. In preparation for this episode of our podcast, I listened to the Stone Cold Broken Skull Sessions episode that he did with Kevin Nash. They were joking all about their history, they told great stories, and I feel like they could have actually had a better match because there was natural chemistry. As I said earlier, I listened to the Bruce Pritchard Something to Wrestle podcast about the NWO, and he kind of said that Stone Cold was hesitant to be working with Scott Hall. Stone Cold felt that Scott Hall, with his demons, was eventually going to self-destruct, and I feel like maybe... If they gave him the match against Kevin Nash, an old friend, maybe Stone Cold would be more invested in it. And again, maybe with their chemistry, it would be a better match than what we had with Stone Cold versus Scott Hall. Here we go. WrestleMania X8. Unfortunately, in real life, in some respects, this was the beginning of the end of the NWO and the WWF. Scott Hall lost to Stone Cold. Hulk Hogan lost to The Rock. And then after Hulk Hogan went face, him and The Rock beat up Scott Hall and Kevin Nash when they came out. So the NWO, pretty much by the end of the night, was completely buried. They couldn't win a match, and they lost a member. In our booking, 
we want to try to protect the NWO. We don't want them to get buried, and we're going to do that in three ways. Number one, Stone Cold is going to beat Kevin Nash still. Stone Cold will still get the win, but during the heat, Scott Hall is going to be banned from ringside. It's going to be another segment where Vince approaches them with the APA flanking him to tell the NWO that Scott Hall is going to be banned from ringside. It's a very small difference, but the real match between Stone Cold and Scott Hall saw a lot of interference from Kevin Nash where it became like a glorified handicap match. So the fact that Stone Cold still won made Scott Hall look even worse. In our version, the Kevin Nash versus Stone Cold match, by not having Scott Hall there at all, Kevin Nash losing to Stone Cold is going to mean more. It's going to be a straight up one-on-one match where the better man wins. So we're going to kind of protect the NWO a little bit there. Secondly, in our universe, in the Four Corners Elimination match for the WWF Tag Team Championship, we're going to have the APA win it. Again, it's an elimination match, so we can actually have them beat all the other teams so they look very strong. But then, right after the match, Vince McMahon is going to come out, and he's going to announce that there's one team left for them to beat, and that's going to be Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Hall and Nash will come out, they're going to approach Vince, who's on the stage, and we're going to see that he doesn't even make eye contact. He's rather intimidated by them which makes sense because now he doesn't have the APA next to him. But, again, there's still enough of a mystery where maybe he is in cahoots with them because now he's given them a title shot at the World Tag Team Championships. So we keep that intrigue. Because the APA was just in this four corners match where they faced three other teams, and Nash is a little bit fresher because his match was earlier, and Hall did not compete at all, so he's completely fresh, the Outsiders are going to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. For the Hollywood Hogan match versus The Rock, pretty much everything stays the exact same. You're still going to have that hot crowd. You're still going to have Hogan end up playing more of the face role, while The Rock becomes more of a heel in the match. And you're still going to have the sign of respect, the handshake at the end. The difference is that Nash and Hall are not going to come out. You're just straight up going to have Hulk Hogan show respect to The Rock. They'll celebrate in the ring. Rock will convince him to do the pose. And Hogan will raise The Rock's arm at the top of the ramp. And that's going to be it for WrestleMania for the New World Order. Because again, we're trying to protect them. So now we don't have Nash and Hall getting beat up. In fact, the last time we see Nash and Hall, they're being rather successful. They were all after WrestleMania. The show is going to play out the same. Hogan's going to start the show. He's going to talk about what a great match he had. The Rock is going to come out. The NWO, Hall and Nash are going to come out with their title belts. They're going to question Hogan. They're going to question what he did. And it's going to lead to a tag match. In this case, it's going to be for the World Tag Team Championships in the main event. The NWO is going to be beating down The Rock. They're going to fight him. When he hits the hot tag with Hogan, the NWO is going to leave. They're going to take their titles and they're going to walk out and they're going to lose by countout. In real life, the NWO walked out, but in this one, it's specifically going to be when Hogan comes in. We're never actually going to see Hulk Hogan and the NWO come to blows. Why is that? Well, unfortunately, I think we hit our time limit for this week. So this is the first time we're actually going to have to break down something into two parts. 
Next week, come back. We have a lot to discuss still. We still have to see what happens with Hulk Hogan. Does he still become undisputed champion? We have to still see. Do we include X-Pac? Do we include Big Show? Does Booker T join? Does Shawn Michaels make his return as a member of the New World Order? Where is this storyline going to end? Come on back next week. And during this week, please join us on X and Facebook for our clip of the day and our information, our fun content. And next week, we will finish the NWO in 2002. Remember, it's not just fantasy booking. This is Booking Like a Mark.